When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Good evening, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch. It's always great to be back with all of you. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Lily Hall, and Lily is the founder, CEO, and president of Knock, which is an award-winning creative agency based in Minneapolis. And in just a few minutes, you're going to learn why Lily has been named one of the most admired CEOs in her field. Um, If you're new to the show, don't forget to stay with us during the breaks um, where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors bringing you valuable information from their fields in healthcare, finance, legal matters, military affairs, and technology. And I'm very thrilled and honored to announce on this evening's show uh, that we're going to be launching a brand new nonprofit watch series as we Welcome the United Way as our latest sponsor. And Nakia Owens will be leading that segment, so stay tuned for that. Also, I'm thrilled to announce um, in just two weeks, we're going to be launching uh, our show on WABC in New York. Uh, August 15th, we will be live and we will have a very special guest, so stay tuned for that as well. If you miss any of the shows, uh, always listen to the podcast, which airs on every major podcast platform. And be sure to visit the website where you can subscribe and also sign up for our newsletter to see who's coming up next on the show. And the website is womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. So now I'm very honored and excited to welcome to the show Lily Hall, again, the founder, CEO, and president of Knock. Lily, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I uh, was doing my homework on you and and reading a little bit about your background, and I find it really fascinating, your 
your beginning, um, which I think was a little bit non-traditional and I'm sure has had a great impact on kind of your, your journey. And I understand you were born in Chicago, but soon after moved to Brazil at the age of five. So I was curious, number one, you know, why the move? And then how hard was it to learn uh, both Portuguese and then English when you came back to the U.S. for high school? So I, yes, I was born in Chicago. My mom was from Brazil. My dad was American. And he saw Brazil as an emerging market before it actually was. And so he he saw some opportunities. My, my father was a... Uh, an entrepreneur who failed most of his um, attempts. And so he, he saw this opportunity in Brazil and sold our home and all of our belongings and purchased five one-way tickets. And so we were there to stay. We were immersed in Brazilian schools. We were not in American schools. We lived with my grandparents. Um, so there wasn't much English being spoken at home or in school. And then my father's business failed, um, and so he returned to the U.S. to rebuild and start over and get a job. And so we stayed, and he <laughs> he told my mom, don't let them forget English. And um, <laughs> being that I was the youngest, and, you know, I started kindergarten in the U.S. for a minute, and then we moved. Um, I could not speak English when I returned to the U.S. And I was actually younger. I, we came back. I was a little, a little over nine. Wow. So it wow. was an interesting experience. Yeah. I mean, so you had the the challenge of not only the language, but being that young and, you know, starting all over in a brand new country. Tell me, how, how did that kind of... Um, shape your, what I, what I read later, uh, your later years, what you felt that, you know, being immersed in two different cultures like that really helped shape your, your deep understanding of people in general and how we really, you know, no matter our backgrounds, uh, have much more in common than not. Absolutely. Yeah, I think for me, especially, you know, I, I started to reflect. I didn't quite realize, um, you know, the impact that that experience had until I started reflecting, and actually not, not, not too long ago, maybe in the last 10 years. And I would say that, um, you know, when you're in a country where you don't speak the language, you know, you're having to pick up cues in other ways, body language, expressions. And I remember when I arrived, it was this huge sort of um, party for us. And I was a pretty shy kid, but the house was filled with, you know, they were all relatives, my grandparents, I hadn't met yet, um, and I couldn't understand a word anyone was saying, but I could feel the love and the mm. just emotion of, of that time, and, you know, having to sort of navigate, and my mom said I, I picked up the language probably within 30 days. I was I was speaking oh, pretty wow. fluently. That's pretty fast. Um, which yeah. is typical when you're, you know, when you're that young and, and you're immersed. Um, I think it was returning to the U.S. You know, I remember my dad picking us up at the airport, and I didn't understand a word that he was saying. <laughs> wow. Pretty crazy. Yeah. And yeah. I had to learn English again. And so um, I think it was it was pretty tough. I mean, and I had a, I had a speech problem. And, you know, kids aren't very nice um, when they're when they're little to other children who have um, disabilities. So I had a speech problem. I had a speech therapist. 
Um, so there were a lot of things that I think really shaped me in terms of instincts mm-hmm. and really being able to read people. And even today, I mean, well, not today because we're not in the office, but when we were in the office and if I was traveling, I would I could come into the office and just sense that something was wrong with somebody or just by their body language or how they were oh, wow. looking at me or not looking at me. Right. So I think having good instincts. And then I think the, the empathy, I'm really high in empathy. Um, and I think that comes from just, you know, being exposed to, you know, obviously people from different cultures, but even, you know, in Brazil, you know, we experienced, you know, a lot of poverty and I mean, just, just seeing it on a daily basis. I went to school. I lived in Recife, which is in the northeast of Brazil. We went to school by city bus, you know, just waiting in line to get on the bus and just seeing um, a lot of a lot of poverty, um, a lot of people without anything. Um, and so I think just, you know, pulling this, you know, kid out of Chicago into this, you know, developing country was just really a uh, – it was an amazing experience. I mean, I can't I can't ever – um, you know, appreciate it like, like, you know, I do now. And when we go back every year and my kids have had same opportunities, obviously they're not in school there, but just the exposure to, to another culture and seeing things that are, are difficult to see. We're going to go into our first break. When we come back, I just was going to say on a map, it looked like a beautiful uh, spot on the water. I'd love to just hear you describe what you remember most um, about that town when we come back. Stay with us for our military watch and our health watch. We'll be right back. Now, the women to watch. Military watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. And today I want to recognize the United States Coast Guard, which will be celebrating its 230th anniversary this Tuesday, August 4th. Now, I consider the Coast Guard to be one of the most complex of the services, which has been part of four different cabinet departments. Originally established at the request of Alexander Hamilton, yes, that one, Secretary of the Treasury, to fund 10 cutters to act as revenue ships to enforce the tariffs of the new nation. In 1967, the Coast Guard was transferred from the Department of the Treasury and placed under the leadership of the Department of Transportation to monitor maritime transportation, shipment of hazardous materials, bridge administration, as well as its maritime safety duties. But everything changed after 9-11. As part of the Homeland Security Act of 2002, the Coast Guard was placed under the control of the newly formed Department of Homeland Security to contribute to the protection of the homeland by enforcing the nation's laws at sea, protecting the maritime environment, defending more than 100,000 miles of the nation's coastline and interland waterways, and performing life-saving missions. But what a lot of people may not realize is that the Coast Guard can be placed under the Department of Defense during times of war at the direction of Congress or the President and is one of our nation's five military service branches. The Coast Guard is the only service that protects the United States in peacetime and wartime. 
I often think it's a good thing they don't have to change uniforms for each of their varied authorities. Now, I'll leave you with some fun facts about this great Coast Guard. It has served in every one of the nation's conflicts as part of the U.S. Navy. On an average day, the Coast Guard conducts 45 search and rescue cases, saves 10 lives, saves over $1.2 million of property, and facilitates movement of more than $8.7 billion worth of goods and commodities through the nation's maritime transportation system, each of which is a massive undertaking. So please join me in celebrating our fearless Coast Guard this Tuesday, and I'll catch you next week on Military Watch. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. This morning on Your Radio Doctor, I spoke to Dr. Michael Lucy from the University of Wisconsin, a world authority on the effect of alcohol in the liver. The liver has many vital functions, metabolism of cholesterol, makes factors for clotting, immune factors to fight infection, bile to help with digestion, and clears waste and drugs. So if the liver is infected or damaged, it can lead to abnormal cholesterol levels, easy bleeding, increased infection, loss of protein, and inability to tolerate medicines. Until recently, several national medical societies suggested the maximum safe amount of alcohol, two servings a day for men, one serving a day for women. Now remember, a serving of alcohol is five ounces of wine, 12 ounces of beer, or 1.5 ounces serving of 80% alcohol. Don't think that drinking several beers is less risky than wine or liquor. An excess of any alcohol can cause liver damage. The safe dose for women is lower, usually smaller body size, different percent of water weight, and less of the enzyme needed to metabolize alcohol. The result? Women have a stronger effect than men when they drink the same amount. Aside from liver disease, excess alcohol can increase risk for heart disease, especially if you also smoke, and raises the risk for several cancers. It can cause cirrhosis and liver cancer, cancer of the mouth and throat, esophagus, possibly pancreas, maybe the colon. It's linked to breast cancer, and it's even higher in moderate drinkers if they also binge and have a sister with breast cancer. And as of April, the American Cancer Society recommends complete avoidance for cancer prevention. Abstain from alcohol if you're pregnant, if you already have liver disease, or a family history of alcoholism. And if alcohol is interfering with life with your family, friends, or work, you may have AUD, alcohol use disorder. This is a disease that needs help from a doctor like any other disease. No shame, no stigma. Divas, reach out if you know someone who depends on alcohol and help them get help. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
I'm talking to Lily Hall this evening, the founder, CEO, and president of Knock, which is um, a creative agency in Minneapolis. And uh, just before the break, Lily, we were talking about your years in Brazil. And I just was curious about, I think when you're little, you have memories, these visual memories of, you know, your, your growing up years that are typically different from when you go back as an adult. And I just was curious what your memories of Brazil were um, because it looked like a beautiful spot on the water. Yeah, I would say for me, my, you know, the most vivid memories obviously were just, um, I mean, the, 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 when we arrived, you know, it was, it was warm, um, the, the heat, and then the smells, you know, the ocean, that salt water um, was just really incredible. And, you know, obviously having a house filled with people, you know, the smell of the food and the kitchen. Um, and so we always we always had a lot of people in the house. And so for me, it was just those family meals and people visiting. Um, but really, the, the heat was incredible. And, you know, obviously, we didn't have air conditioning, nor was there air conditioning on the city buses. And so I do have some memories of just um, – the exhaust of the cars and, you know, just being in traffic. And I still to this day get car sick. Um, oh, so I gosh. think there's just a lot of things that just, you know, those, those smells of yeah. um, good, good, good and bad of, 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 a, of a hot city in the wow. northeast of Brazil. Yeah, it's amazing those senses that they stay with us, isn't it? How a smell can remind yeah. you of such a long time ago. And, and the food, um, you know, the food vendors just okay. waiting, you know, to take the bus home, um, wow. the smell of the incredible foods. I'm a street food girl. Yeah. Um, and quite different from Minneapolis, right? Very different. Very different. Um, tell very me, different. T- tell me um, what was your very, very first job, and, and what did you learn from that? You know, I started working pretty young. I started, you know, like most young uh, people babysitting. I was, I think, about twelve, and um, it was a it was a full time summer job, making fifty cents an hour. Um, and so it was quite the responsibility to you know watch a young baby. Um, my mom was nearby, so if I had questions or needed anything, you know, I could call on her. So that was, you know, that was really my first um, paying job in the what do we what do we call it now the gig economy. Right, <laughs> um, And then from there I worked, I always worked. And so at 15, I was able to get a job at a Chinese uh, takeout restaurant. And then I ended up working at a Super America, which is a gas station. And at the time when they launched, they had put in these bakeries called Supermoms. And so I was actually a Supermom, a 16-year-old Supermom uh, putting the donuts out. Um, and then I got promoted to shift manager. So I, I always worked. And then I always worked um, in clothing stores because I loved fashion. And so I ended up working uh, to be able to get a discount on my clothing. But, you know, through college, I worked probably one to two jobs, you know, all the way through. And I loved having my independence and I loved having my money and I loved being able to travel. So I, I wanted the listeners to know that you you started Knock two months after nine eleven, which could not have been uh, easy. And um, I have a quote here. You said, "I didn't sleep for a year and a half 
from the time I started the company and considered quitting. What kept you going? You know, I think at the time, you know, I had I had quit my job before 9-11 and ended up launching Knock, as you said, two months after 9-11. And I, I bootstrapped the company, so I, I self-funded, and um, I was really nervous. I think, you know, even having the experience of my dad, you know, selling everything, packing us up and moving and using that money to start a business and the business failing, I had a lot of anxiety around failure, not so much from an ego standpoint, but from a financial standpoint, like the risk I was putting my family in. I've always been the main breadwinner. Um, my husband, he just retired, but he was a public uh, school teacher. And I think for me, it was just, you know, what am I doing? I had a two-year-old daughter at the time. Um, so it was just scary. The world was turned upside down. Um, obviously, we went right into the 2002 recession. And so I just, it was just a lot of worry, like, is this going to work out, and how much debt am I going to be in, and how will I, you know, get through this? And so um, I had never had insomnia in my life. I was the world's best sleeper. I, like, head would hit the pillow, and I would be out. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty tough, um, you know. And, and then when you're not sleeping and you're stressed and you have a young kid, um, it just, you know, it just gets compounded. Yeah. That is, that's a lot of stress. And you, and your, your girls were little, or did you just have the one daughter at the time? I just had Gabriella. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. Okay. So yeah, my girls I, are five years apart. Okay. Um, I want to talk about them a little bit later in the show, but I, I wanted, I was curious, and, and this is, you know, for any woman who is probably, you know, thinking about being an entrepreneur or on the verge, I wanted to share a quote, um, Matthew Delfino who worked with you, said Lily has become a master at finding top talent and bringing them under her wing. She treats her employees well and is fiercely protective of the company that employs them. Tell me what, when you decided, you know, you found the courage to go ahead and launch this company, how did you begin your recruiting process? So Matthew's still with us. So that, that, I forgot about that quote. That was very kind of him. Um, I would say in the beginning, it was really networking and word of mouth. You know, I, I started to tell people what I was up to. Obviously, the timing um, was interesting because, you know, our, our industry was experiencing um, layoffs. And so I had access to quite a few people in the industry that were either freelance or interested in contract work. And that's really how I started is I just started working with um, contractors and freelance. And then, you know, I would get to know them and then convert them into employees. So it was very, you know, organic. And then as we built our reputation, um, a lot of people really sought us out um, because we had a great, we, we still have a great reputation. Um, so okay. your music. Yes. Oh, yeah. We we do. We have to. That's okay. We'll pick it up when we come back. Stay with us for our legal watch and our finance watch. We'll be back with Lily Hall. Now, now the women to watch. Legal watch. Legal watch. This is Nicole Hitner at Ballard Spar Law Firm for Legal Watch. It's become apparent over the last several months that COVID-19 pandemic and the school and daycare closures related to it have disproportionately affected the women in this country. 
Companies, including Ballard, are trying to sort out how to support their valuable workforce, especially women. Many creative options have been implemented across the U.S., including new on-site childcare, indefinite work-from-home options, and flexible schedules. In the last few months, we've proven that these arrangements can work. Implementing them on a company-wide basis to avoid any appearance of or actual discrimination, though, is the key. This issue is going to be even more pronounced as schools across the country are making decisions about the upcoming year and whether distance learning will be involved. The time is now for companies to make decisions about how they can support their women while those women support their children or other family members that need their help. We at Ballard can help you navigate how to do that within the bounds of the law. Reach out to me if you have questions. This is Nicole Hittner at Ballard Spar for your legal watch. If you believe that family, charity, or money is deeply important for the greater good, Fortis Wealth invites you to a highly personalized financial discovery process to help you visualize your financial legacy. It's not for everyone, but if you're willing to invest the time and thought, they can offer advice and strategies to help you accomplish your dreams. Fortis Advisors is a wholly owned subsidiary of Fortis Wealth, an investment advisor registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Visit Fortis-Wealth.com today because tomorrow is waiting. Hi, this is Carrie, and I'm from Fortis Wealth. Not many employers offer a pension plan anymore, and Social Security generally replaces a low percentage of pre-retirement income. Nervous investors, especially those nearing or already in retirement, are looking for some guarantees in their portfolios to protect against the uncertainty of return. They may want to consider a guaranteed income product, better known as an annuity. These products can help take the guesswork out of replacing income in retirement. The promise of guaranteed income is appealing. Studies show that nearly half of Americans would be willing to convert some of their assets into a guaranteed lifetime income stream, and those who already own an annuity feel they are on firmer ground than those who aren't. There are several types of annuities, including fixed, fixed index, and variable annuities. Some provide immediate income, and some provide income at a future date. While they share a lot of characteristics, they also have some key differences that may influence individual investment decisions. Annuities can offer optional benefits that aren't available through other retirement savings vehicles. They can provide protection against downturns in the financial markets, death benefits that can protect families, and additional flexibility and control to better fit their income needs. Lifetime annuities can protect against the risk of living too long and running out of money. As retirement has become more uncertain, annuities are tools that can be used to bolster retirement income plans. Fixed index and variable annuities can provide the income retirees need to help cover their expenses while providing some market exposure through their underlying investments. Put another way, they can help individuals lead the lifestyle they have planned for when they retire. Annuities are not for everyone, but they may offer you the confidence that your income will continue throughout your lifetime and possibly your surviving spouse's lifetime. The appropriate annuity depends on your unique situation and financial goals. As always, work with an advisor you trust to determine if this strategy is right for you. This is Terry. Peace out. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for for being with us. I'm talking to Lily Hall, again, the founder, CEO, and president of Knock, a very, very successful um, creative agency. And it's international, Lily. Is that right? Correct. And and I know that, you know, you sit on an incredible amount of boards. Um, You also have numerous degrees in business and international management. Um, I wanted to ask you, where your drive comes from? Well, I, I would say that uh, my mom was really instrumental in 
in in that. I mean, she was really, you know, she she was a woman who really didn't have the opportunities, you know, that 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 I have today. She was born and raised in Brazil, very much um, a household that was driven by my grandfather. So she went from living with my grandfather to getting married really young, living with my father, and didn't have an opportunity to to work and so she was really um it was interesting because i have two older brothers and she was always on me and and not in a way that was you know at times it was irritating for me but but she was i think bound and determined you know i think she knew all along it would be harder for me than it would be for my brothers to have a career and to be successful and and so she always stayed on me in terms of, you know, grades and my education and um, was always very supportive, but very much like, you know, I know you're capable of this. Um, with a, a B, you know, she would say, I, I know you could have gotten an A. So she was very, very um, instrumental in sort of helping me see that I could um, do better and that I was capable of, of doing better in whatever I was doing. And so I think, you know, a lot of that comes from her. And then I think just, you know, come, you know, a woman who came from a developing country to to America and seeing all the potential and opportunities that, that we would have versus what, what she had. And I think that um, she never complained. She never um, compared herself, um, you know, that we have this and she didn't have that. So I think it was, she was very positive. She was a ton of fun, um, very social, always inclusive of, of all different communities. And, you know, our house was always filled. She would always have parties and she invited people from all over the world. Wow. Do you, do you think that there was a, um, a desire or a need for you to, to please her and make her proud? Or do you think you were Not more inspired? No. no. Okay. It was more yeah. inspired yeah. by her. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She was, you know, I, I think that just the, you know, I, I was probably in my late 20s when I realized what she'd been up to, you know, in terms of um, making sure that I would have the opportunities that my brothers would have. Mm. That's always a great um you know, inspiration like that from a mom, I think, is really powerful. Um, do you yeah, take she's, the, she's a great, great woman. Do you, Lily, do you take time today to kind of, you know, be still and reflect? Or are you happiest being busy? Happiest being busy. Okay. I would say that <laughs> always going, you know, 100 miles an hour, I would say what, you know, what, you know, and I and I probably traveled the last few years, not not every week, but a significant amount. And so it's been very strange. Um, my last plane ride was March nineteenth, so I think this is our nineteenth week at home. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been really odd. You know, it's it's I really miss the travel, but not maybe as much as I was traveling. And so um, having more time to reflect. Um, it, you know, it's been a very stressful time, uh, yes. obviously, with, with the pandemic, but we also had the horrific murder of George Floyd in our city um, at the end of May. And, you know, and, and that also, I mean, that's just been a whole nother um, horrific time. So um, very stressful, very worried. And so, you know, I haven't been sleeping probably 
as great um, as I was before. You know, that was one of my questions. There is so much for us to be worried about today, right? And unfortunately, we have access to all those things. Every bad thing that's happening on the globe, um, we're aware of. How do you manage your your fears? Do you have a mantra that you kind of live by? You know, that brings you brings you back. Well, what I what I try to do is, if you know, especially in this time. I mean, it was really. You know, I think when I either get scared or when things, bad things start to happen, you know, taking that time to reflect, but also not allowing myself to go past, you know, it's like 24, 48, 48 hour pity party. Um, so sorry for yourself, whatever. And then, you know, hour 49, you know, picking yourself up by the bootstraps and what are you going to do about it? And how are you going to, and I think what, what, I think what I've experienced during this time, um, I think it's it's just been hard to see so many of my friends who have businesses who are on the fringe may not make it, um, and so I think that that's you know the heartbreaking stories, and, and you know this. I mean, people who have collateralized you know their debt, and and um, so I think that that's I think I've taken this so personally because I know that a lot of people aren't going to make it through this. Yeah, absolutely. That's That's been very, very hard for those we know. Um, listen, we're going to go into our last break. Stay with us for our Tech Watch with Mary Manzo, and we'll be right back with Lily Hall. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manzo of Pathways Consulting Group. This week, I'll be continuing my series on the impact of social media on the Gen Z girl. For reference, Gen Z is anyone born between 1995 to mid-2000s. Last week, I spoke about the positive aspects of social media, and this week, I'll focus on the negative. When I asked my niece why she thought her generation uses social media, she said to communicate with friends, share information and photos about themselves and others. She told me her and her friends feel it's important to have a social media presence. During my research, I found that girls spend as much as three to four hours on social media a day, and that's a conservative number. I also found that social media creates a lot of anxiety for girls. They worry that friends or family will post an embarrassing photo of them or that their posts will be ignored. Oftentimes, they're the recipient of cyberbullying and harassed by others, which can be damaging to their self-esteem and reputation. Girls often share personal information, which leaves the door open to predators or online scams. In one survey, I saw 85% of girls receive a friend request from strangers and 44% of those girls accept the requests. That's scary. So how do you know when all of this is a problem? If they're spending too much time on social media, they can become disconnected. You may observe a lack of enthusiasm for offline activity like sports, homework, and hobbies. You may find it difficult to hold a conversation with them or their grades may be slipping. If they're the recipient of cyberbullying, you may find their self-esteem has dropped and they're isolating themselves. Sometimes the problem is so drastic they might not want to leave the house or go to school. My advice is to get educated and share this education with children and teenagers. There's some awesome websites out there like reachout.com or kindcampaign.org that provide insight and guidance for adults and the Gen Z. Your local schools will have information too and can help guide you. Some screen time rules at home wouldn't hurt either, and there are ways to enforce these rules without them appearing to be rules. Please get educated on this topic. You'll be shocked what you find. I'm Mary at pathwayscg.com. 
Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG.com. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Now more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Having a really wonderful conversation with Lily Hall, the founder, CEO, and president of Knock Creative Agency. And I should give you, a, you know, time at some point to... to talk about that company, but I also read that you have two sister companies, Treat and Company, a design studio, and Neighbor, which is a video and animation company. Um, I guess one company wasn't enough. <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell me about those two, and then talk a little bit about Knock and you know who your clients are and what your niche is. Sure. So, so I, I launched Knock, and then um, Lisa Fredrickson, who's my business partner at Treat, um, who really runs the the business and the day to day, approached me, um, and she was just in a position where she was ready to do something else. And we had some nice conversations. Obviously, it's a longer story, and we decided to launch. At the time, we positioned Treat as a product design and development company, but today um, they really are uh, almost competitor to knock, but a more boutique version, much smaller company. And I think what was great was because when I launched knock, I had no idea what I was doing and it was nice to be able to launch something having had, you know, that experience of a launch mm-hmm. and then um, launching neighbor with, with Rich Hayesmeyer, who's um, my partner there who also runs the day to day. Rich and I had worked years ago together and I just really respected him and, and his um, values. And I think I, I would say that all three companies share similar DNA in terms of hardworking, cares about their, you know, put the, put the staff first, um, clients. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's been fun to have, um, you know, other partners and, you know, and, and then there's, you know, a lot, obviously a lot of operational efficiencies, with HR and accounting and so on and so forth. So um, I think especially in this time, you know, we, the three of us went through the loan process for the PPP loan, um, part of the CARES Act, mm-hmm. and having people to go through these things with, um, I think has been, been really nice um, in, a, in a difficult time. I would say when, you know, when you surround yourself with people that are, you know, really positive and can do people, doesn't it really help with, you know, the day-to-day operations? Absolutely. And, you know, we have an incredible leadership team. And then we we assembled a board of advisors four years ago, and they've just been absolutely amazing during this time. And so I think for me, even the difference, you know, launching two months after 9-11 and not sleeping and just feeling very alone, um, obviously, the banking and housing crash, and then um, you know what we're going through today. I think the biggest difference is having 
you know, great partners and people to go to, whereas before it was just me and I had to figure it out and I had to sort of suffer, suffer alone. Yeah. Tell, where, where did the name Knock come from? So I'm superstitious and um, having two parents that had nothing in common except for they both knocked on wood. Um, my dad was <laughs> Irish American and obviously my Brazilian mom. And then they had green in their flag. That's about the only thing that they had in common. But I grew up knocking on wood. And so oh. it's a play on luck and, or good luck. Um, but also we've had a lot of fun with it because, you know, doors and openings and opportunities. So we've, we've, um, we've had a good time with the brand. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, was it having to do with, you know, knock it out of the park or knock it out, you know? Um, we hope so every day, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, you have two daughters and I, I just wanted to ask you, um, how, how do you think your career has impacted their own personal goals and, and choices in life? Well, I think, you know, what, what they see that what they've always known is a working mom and a mom who traveled a lot and who's, um, you know, very active. And so I think, I think the one thing that I, I made sure I didn't do was to make, to, to, to feel bad for the job that I had. I mean, I, this is a big, I feel a big responsibility to the company, to the employees, but I never wanted to come home and, and complain about the fact that I, you know, wasn't, wasn't around. And I, and I would say that, um, you know, I remember Gabriella role playing one day and she threw this little tote bag over her shoulder. I think she was probably five or six and she had a plastic cell phone and she told me that she was busy and she had to go to a meeting. <laughs> I can't talk to <laughs> you right was, now, mom. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was kind of horrified for the first few seconds. And then I realized, no, this is good. Like this is, this is what she sees. And yeah. this is who she will be. And I think, you know, having having a parent and both parents, you know, working families, I think having role models are good things because, um, you know, I, my mom was a stay-home mom. My dad was the business guy. And so I learned my business savvy from him. Um, I think what's exciting is that, you know, they'll hopefully have learned uh, you know, what it's like to have a business and, and hopefully maybe they'll have their own one day. Right. Um, and I think what's been great, especially Gabriella, she's a senior, um, just, you know, recently just conversations around interviewing and looking for jobs. And obviously she's concerned about the economy and the future. Um, and so what's just her being major? able to, I'm she sorry, study she international, international affairs and economics with okay. a minor in social global entrepreneurship. So wow. Wow. Some interest there, like but mother, really like daughter. In, <laughs> right. She wants, she wants to save the world. So, so. Okay. That's um, a good goal. No pressure. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I want Alex I, is my oh, youngest. Yeah. yeah. She's, 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 um, I would say she's a lot like me. She, you know, flies by the seat of her pants and she's very active socially. You know, Gabriela is more of a reflective thinker. Uh -huh. um, so they're very different. Um, but I would say Alex um, reminds me of me. Um, she'll probably get into some trouble, which, you know, we'll have to talk <laughs> her through. But <laughs> Well, you'll be understanding. Uh, you'll be very understanding right, of it. Right. Right. 
Yeah. I wanted to um, give a sure. quick shout out um, before the end of the show to, to Global Thinkers Forum. Um, you and I are both friends with Elizabeth Filippoli, and um, I wanted to just find out how the two of you connected and why you decided to get involved in this particular organization. If you can tell that in well, a minute connected. and a half. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we connected in, in San Antonio at another event. We were sitting next to each other, and when I learned about the work that she was doing, um, I, I became very interested. You know, Knox does a lot of work in the community, and we do a lot of work with um, women in entrepreneurship, women in development, and youth, um, and youth development. And so when I found out that those were, their, you know, the focus, I, I got really, really interested. And, in, in, you know, she's just an incredible leader and in such important work, you know, globally. And so um, I, I signed up, and I enjoy every minute of it. I bet. And what, you know, what a wonderful organization full of people that I think are just so valuable to, to connect with and meet. Yes. Especially today, right. In this, in this global economy. Yes. Yeah. Listen, Lily, I'm so grateful that you took time out of your day to um, share your story. I love the little, the little bits and pieces of your background and I wish you continued success. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it was it was a pleasure and an honor. We'll we'll be staying in touch for sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much to our sponsors and our watch team for their continued support. And thanks for tuning in to hear the life stories of some amazing women. Have a great week, everyone, and stay well. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.